And Brother Sam Cuellar is coming to deliver a fiery five to us in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Good evening. It's a pleasure and a privilege to always be uh, before you guys. It's always a nerve-wracking thing, but it's always uh, it's always an honor to to um, be God's messenger uh, in times like this. I give honor to Bishop and the pastoral team for allowing me such an opportunity as this. And uh, I'll be drawing my fiery five from this month's book, uh, Acts, also known as Acts of the Apostles, and. Um, if you're paying attention uh, throughout the book, you'll notice that the character talked about from the start to the finish of this book is Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, you know, tiny nod to the beginning and the end. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. But <laughs> and in this uh, book, um, Jesus took ordinary men that were willing to serve and obey and change the world as they knew it. A world where following what you were taught and, ex and following the traditions set before you was expected. These disciples changed, <laughs> and they went against the grain for the sake of Christ. God robed himself in flesh so that we could partake in the greatest heritage ever known to man. However, human heritage is something that can become an idol if you let it dictate your life. Very orthodox Judean Christians in that time failed to cling to the new way because of their heritage and traditions that they wanted to keep. The book of Acts starts with Jesus spending time with his apostles for 40 days and ends with Paul, a once killer of Christians, teaching about Jesus to these Jewish leaders. So the question I want to ask tonight is, whose shoulders are you standing on? Let us pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So in chapter 28 of the book of Acts, Paul is speaking to these Jewish leaders in Rome while he is arrested. He is talking to a group of Jewish leaders who desired to hear from him because they knew who Paul was. If there was anyone that ever understood the battle between tradition and truth, it was Paul. Quite literally a Jew's Jew, he knew the customs, the history, the languages, and he lived a life so radical that any people who wished to debate with him or challenged him would <laughs> come with some severe consequences. He killed many Christians. Um, yet, God determined that Saul, a murderer and a guy who viewed himself as righteous through his own lens, would be the perfect piece to reach these Gentiles and be the messenger of truth to Jews. So we have this perfect messenger sent to these people. Uh, but we, we, we read in verse 24, of chapter 28 and some were persuaded by the things which were spoken and some disbelieved and verse 25 goes on to say so when they did not agree among themselves they departed after Paul had said one word and this is the word Paul said the Holy Spirit spoke rightly through Isaiah the prophet to our fathers now some translations say your fathers but the point that Paul is trying to make here is emphasizing that he had the same traditions teachings and heritage that these Jews did and he was able to overcome it and so he goes on to quote Isaiah chapter 6 verses 9 through 10 and I'll paraphrase um, not paraphrase I'll just read a little snippet so out of Acts uh, chapter 28 hearing you will hear and shall not understand and seeing you will see and not perceive for the hearts of these people have grown dull their ears are hard of hearing their eyes have closed Church, let us never be the people that this is said of. Let us live lives that only a liar could ever say. Those people, they don't let themselves hear the word of God. They don't obey the word. They don't obey the voice of God. Let's seek to strive. Let's seek and strive to be like him every day. Um, the book of Acts ends by Paul saying, or the book of Acts with Paul preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence and no one forbidding him. So if a man that murdered for the sake of his traditions is converted and is now teaching while on house arrest, while Caesar doesn't even know about it, don't believe that anything can stop you when you're standing on the shoulders of God. Now, 
I'm not saying heritage or traditions are bad, but understand that it's not going to be talking to people about my Hispanic or my Native American backgrounds that are going to lead them to salvation. It's going to be talking about how great my God is but in the midst of trials. It's going to be how much he loved me when I felt so unworthy. So as you're going throughout your day, remember that you stand on the shoulders that transcend tradition. I love you all, and God bless. Amen. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Well, you're probably going to hear a little bit of that again. And Sam didn't know what I was going to be preaching. I didn't know what he was going to be sharing. So the Lord knows. Amen. I'm going to direct your attention to Acts chapter 28. And uh, what's that? No, we did not. I, don't, I think we've said five words to each other since last week. Um, by the way, real quickly, just to let everybody know, in the month of March, uh, we'll be reading the book of Genesis. Uh, so um, uh, excited for that, looking forward to that. If you're on version, the Bible app, there are four parts. I had some people ask me, said, you've sent us the same request four times. No, it's four parts, part one, two, three, four. And so it goes through about uh, 10 or 12 verses, each, or 10 or 12 chapters each time. So uh, there's four parts to that that will be spread out through the month of March uh, that we'll be reading. So if you're on there, you can certainly collaborate, comment, and be a part of that. And I know some of you are uh, collaborating, commenting, as well as in person. So both are great. So March, amen, which uh, is next Monday, uh, will be the book of Genesis. So, and also on Wednesday nights, our teaching pastor, Brother Jeremy Cole, will be uh, teaching from the book of Genesis, and so we're excited and looking forward to that. Amen. Speaking of one of our pastoral members, Pastor Lucas, of course, tonight is traveling for work, so we'll hold him up in our prayers and thoughts, and uh, he'll be back, I believe, in time for Sunday. Uh, so looking forward to that. Pray for a safe return in Jesus' name. Acts 28, I'm going to begin at verse 17. And it came to pass after three days that Paul called the leaders of the Jews together. So when they had come together, he said to them, Men and brethren, Though I have done nothing against our people or the customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans, who, when they had examined me, wanted to let me go, because there was no cause for putting me to death. But when the Jews spoke against it, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, not that I had anything of which to accuse my nation. For this reason, therefore, I have called for you to see you and speak with you, because for the hope of Israel, I am bound with this chain. Then they said to him, we neither received letters from Judea concerning you, nor have any of the brethren who came reported or spoken evil, any evil of you. But we desire to hear from you what you think for concerning this sect. They're referring to the sect of the Christians, the called the way, okay? And we know that it is spoken against everywhere. That's kind of interesting that it's being spoken against everywhere. That tells me that the gospel had spread far and wide. Uh huh. So when they had appointed him a day, many came to him at his lodging, to whom he explained and solemnly testified of the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus. Watch this. Where did he cons uh, bring Jesus from? Right here. From both the law of Moses and the prophets. He used scripture. Oh, hallelujah. From morning until evening. You want to talk about a long secret church? And some were persuaded by the things which were spoken, and some disbelieved. So when they did not agree among themselves, they departed after Paul had said one word. The Holy Spirit spoke rightly through Isaiah, the prophet to our fathers, saying, Go to this people and say, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. Therefore let it be known to you that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had a great dispute among themselves. Then Paul dwelt there two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching them the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him. And with the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach, teach on this thought for the remainder of our time tonight on this title, The Unstoppable Kingdom of God. 
amen and amen. Do you believe it in Jesus' name? Do you believe we're a part of that kingdom in Jesus' name? If you're born again and water baptized in the name of Jesus, you're a part of that unstoppable kingdom. Hallelujah. Now, fulfilling the Holy Scriptures, the 28th chapter of the book of Acts reminds us that God's salvation was never meant to be inclusive to the Jews only. Hallelujah. Furthermore, the 28th chapter of the book of Acts fulfills a plethora of Scripture proving that God's kingdom is unstoppable and unshakable. I didn't confer with the praise team either and ask them what song they're singing, nor did they ask me what message I was preaching. But when they started singing that and talked about never being shaken, I lit up like a Christmas tree. Hallelujah. <laughs> like Jesus' kingdom parable about the mustard seed, what started in an upper room in Acts 2, where 120 have received the Holy Ghost, has now spread throughout the known world. So much so that the Jews in Rome say, everywhere this sect, i.e. Christianity, the way, the Jesus believers, is spoken against. In other words, it had reached the far corners of the world. It had reached people of all walks of life. Hallelujah. Anybody thankful that God's kingdom is still reaching people? Mm. And so like that mustard seed, it grew to a place where all the birds of the nest of the air could nest therein. And this, by the way, is the fulfillment of Scripture yet to come. For the Bible says in Revelation 7 and 9, after these things, John said, I looked and behold, a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palm branches in their hands. John saw this great dichotomy of people standing there from all walks of life, from every century and every decade and every continent, standing there praising the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And that is the, the essence of the unstoppable kingdom of God. And as Sam alluded to a little bit, let me just go a little bit further and tell you that the Jews rejected their own prophecies. Paul arrived in Rome after being arrested by the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem. And although he is an apostle to the Gentiles, he also preached many times unto the Jews, of course, his own people. And there were many who followed and many who converted. And so he reaches out to them to share the truth. Now, if you read too fast, sometimes we can... Have you, have you ever read something and then somebody points it out and you're like, I didn't see that. And you go back and you read it again. Oh, it is there. Right? Sometimes we do that. Well, let, let me show you one that I did the other day and all of a sudden I'm like, whoa! I think I'm up to 948 now. 948 names and attributes and characteristics of God that I have discovered. Here's another one. Acts 28, 20. For this reason... Therefore, I have called for you to see, see you and speak with you. Watch this. Because the hope of Israel, I am bound in his chair. <laughs> he just called Jesus the hope of Israel. Another name of God, another attribute of God. By the way, proving Jesus is the one true God. Did you know, by the way, Jeremiah chapter 14 and 17 also prophesy about the hope of Israel. I'm, I don't have time to go into them now, but Jeremiah 14, 8 and 17, 13, look it up. Uh, it also prophesies that, that there will be a hope of Israel. And of course, we know that's Jesus. In verse 23, it, it talks about him appointing a day and many come to him and, and he begins to teach them. And where does he teach them? Verse 23 says, from both the law of Moses and the prophets from morning until evening. This was a long church service, a long you know, Bible study, a, a long seminar, whatever phrase you want to use. He spent 
the better part of the whole day sharing them from Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy and throughout the history and throughout the prophets he shared with him by the way when it says Moses and the, and the law or the prophets it's not just Isaiah to Malachi and the first five books and leaves out Joshua through the Psalms and the Proverbs it's everything because the law and the prophets they consider the prophets to also to be throughout those other places too Judges Ezra Nehemiah all of those books as well and because the Bible is not in necessarily, uh, uh, you know, the, the chronological order, it's in what's called a canonical order. I don't mean to bore you with, with some of those crazy details, but chronological order would actually put the book of Job about the same time as Genesis 12. Right. Psalm 90 was written by Moses, which would have been sometime in Exodus. So if, if you look at it in order, that's why when it says law and prophets, he's referring to the entirety of the Old Testament. All 39 books pointing to Jesus Christ. Amen. Paul didn't come to them and say, hey, by the way, I've got a new revelation for you. He didn't come to them with some new doctrine. He came to them probably having some scrolls handy and saying, hey, have you read what Isaiah said? Have you read what Moses said? Have you read what the prophet so-and-so said? And he began to show them over and over and over from morning until evening, 8, 10, 11, 12 hours worth of preaching and teaching to show them that Jesus was who he said he was. Powerful. He interprets, proves, and qualifies Scripture by Scripture. It's the only book I know of that qualifies and proves itself. Hallelujah. It's why we should never interpret Scripture outside of Scripture. It's why we should never say, well, my opinion is. Well, good for you, honey. <laughs> it doesn't matter what your opinion is. Does it align to Scripture? Because if it don't, you need to change your opinion. Amen. Amen. The next verse, verse 24, says that, that some believed, some didn't. And you know, that's what happens when you preach doctrine. That's what happens when you teach doctrine. Doctrine divides. It draws a line and said, this is right, this is wrong. It, it, it divides the sheep from the goats. It divides the wheat from the chaff. It divides the saved from the damned. It divides the truth from the lie. Doctrine divides. Hmm. Listen, I, I say this in all sincerity and humility. I will speak the truth in love. I will rebuke with all long suffering, but I will not compromise the word of God. They'll have to put duct tape on my mouth. They'll have to cut my tongue out. They'll have to slit my throat. Come on. We cannot compromise this truth. Amen. Amen. Why? I'm going to tell you why. 1 Timothy 4.16, Paul says to his son in the gospel, the pastor and bishop of Ephesus, Timothy, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine when he said to the doctrine he wasn't implying a single part or entity of it he was saying the whole of scripture the whole counsel everything timothy take heed to what you've heard to what you've been raised in to what's been passed on to you from your mother and grandmother take heed timothy to what you have believed and preached take heed to it even when they forsake you like demas forsook me take heed to the doctrine why watch the rest of the verse continue in them for in doing this you will save both yourself and them that hear you let me tell you i've said from this pulpit pit many times I don't want anybody to go to hell guess what I don't want to go to hell I want to preach the doctrine because I want to be saved and I want you to be saved Amen. hallelujah so Paul preaches the doctrine for again from morning till evening 8 10 12 hours and some say yeah well don't believe it you know, if I, if I raised this up and said, this is a mask. And if I further said, it's a black colored mask with white letters. And those letters say, Jesus is King, Revelation 17, 14. I know some of you can't see that, but let me, let me Dana, make sure. I think people trust you. Does that say Jesus is King? Jesus is King. Yeah. Revelation 17, 14. Yes. That's what it says? Yes. All right, we have, we have out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. We got two or three? Yes. 
Okay, there's four. Four people have a confirm. Okay, so, all right. So if I unequivocally prove to you, if I showed you how you put it on and everything, this is a mask. Can you imagine, Alicia, people walking out saying, I don't believe it's a mask. I don't believe it's black with white letters. I believe it says Myron is crazy, not Jesus is king. I know it sounds funny, but that's what they did. He went chapter after chapter, verse after. It was like a Bible quizzer just quoting them one after the other, after the other, after the other. And, and some of them went, nah, I don't believe it. I can only imagine what Paul must have thought going, am I missing something? Mm. 1 Timothy 4, 16, you know the converse is also true? If I continue to offer doctrine, what happens? I save myself and those that hear me, right? What happens if I don't? I damn myself and those that hear me. Necessity is upon me, Paul said, to preach the gospel. If Myron preached his opinion... Oh, it would be in the spirit, just lowercase s. Myron would preach his favorite, you know, know, hobby horse messages. Be a lot of faith, a lot of healing and miracles. That's all we would hear. How many of you like a good hamburger? Anybody like a good hamburger? How many of you like other things too? You know, occasionally meat meat and potatoes and maybe a burrito and maybe Thai food or something different, you know, right? No, no, no Thai food over here. Okay. All right. Chinese food maybe, you know? Okay, <laughs> right? How many of you want hamburgers for the rest of your life? Just, you know, and, and the same. I'm not talking one night's a cheeseburger, one night it has barbecue sauce, one night, man. No, I'm talking the exact same quarter pounder from McDonald's every night. And yet that's what some pulpits are doing. Every sermon is the same thing. Oh, it's repackaged in a, in a different setting. It's repackaged in a different verse, but it's, it's always the same thing. We need variety in our diet in order to maintain health. If we can understand that physically, we also need to understand it spiritually. Sometimes we need to hear about tithing and offering. Sometimes we need to hear about living right and, 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 and so forth. Sometimes we need to hear about you know, holiness and righteousness. Sometimes we need to hear about judgment. Sometimes we need to hear about the first coming. Sometimes the second coming. Amen? We need it all. Paul said, I, 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 I preach the whole counsel. I think it's in Acts 20. The whole counsel of God. It amazes me sometimes the preachers I talk to, man, I can't get a message. Pastor Danny, I, I want to take my Bible and go, are you serious? You've got 66 books. You can't get a message? And I get what they're saying to some extent. We pray for divine direction. I understand that. There have been times where I haven't felt the divine direction until I walk into the building. I, that's, and so I understand that's some of it. But some of these guys, it's like they're wanting some, some brand new theory and thought and, and cool illustration. I'm like, can you just preach the word? I don't know. Maybe, maybe Myron's the only one to hear this. I'll just preach to myself. But you, I hope you get what I'm trying to say to you tonight. Doctrine is important. We need to hear it. And these disbelieving Jews are about to be exposed by the prophecies of their own ancestors. When they, when they divide among themselves, some believe, some don't, and then they leave and they, they go about just arguing about who's right and who's wrong and whether or not Paul's right. Paul, just before that, Paul says to them, the Holy Spirit said right about you. He's referring to when the prophets, there's three of them, by the way, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, all three prophesied this very thing that Paul quotes to them. He references three of their prophets. You know, something that, that kind of, oh boy, here we go. Sister Linda, you'll remember, remember I used to have that soapbox? Remember when I got rid of it and said the whole platform is a soapbox? Okay, that's one of them nights. Okay, so the whole platform is a soapbox. I'm sorry. I just, man, mercy. You know what kind of 
gets under my skin a little bit is some of these modern day people that all of their prophecies is always good. You're going to be blessed. It's always open doors. It's always just, you know, dancing in the lilies or something. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I like those kind of, man, when somebody comes up and have a word from the Lord for you, you're like, yeah? And it's, hey, you know, the bank's going to call you tomorrow and you've got a million in your account. Woo! Come on, Jesus! Yeah! Right? I mean, come on, let's be honest. Who, but have you read some of the prophecies of Scripture in both Old and New Testaments? They weren't always, you know, hey, there's an open door before you. You're going to be super blessed. Paul had a prophecy where a prophet came up and wrapped a sash around him and said, the man who uh, this is wrapped around is going to be bound in chains. Come on, sometimes prophecies aren't always good. And what did Jesus say about Jerusalem? You've killed the prophets. What did Stephen, in his, in his testimony, in his preaching, he said, you've killed them. And they did. They didn't like what they were prophesying, just kill them. I guess that's kind of like what they're doing now. You don't like the news, just, you know, ban them. You know, censor them. Censoring free speech is not a new thing, y'all. It's been happening for a long time. Anyways, Lord help us. I'm not saying we shouldn't seek to prophesy in a good way. We should seek to prophesy what God wants to say. And by the way, let me just, let me just add this. If you're going to say, thus says the Lord to somebody, you better make awfully for sure that the Lord said it. And not your own flesh. Y'all, I have been using the gifts of the Spirit my whole life that I can recall since, you know, a young age. And I'm still scared when God says, go tell somebody this. I'm like, you sure? Because I want to be right. I don't want it to be, well, I, I think, you know, she needs to hear this or he needs, no. <laughs> I want it to be of the Holy Ghost. Mm. Anyway, Ezekiel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, all of these prophesy the very thing that Paul says in these verses. Did you know that Abraham was prophesied to be the father of many nations? Genesis 17, 4 and 5 tell us this. That word nations there means all peoples. One uh, Hebrew definition means even the heathen. In other words, the Gentiles. Even at that time. And that was before there was a Hebrew nation. <laughs> that was before there was an Israel. God said, you're going to be. Galatians 4, Ephesians 2, delve into great detail explaining this and linking the Old Testament prophecies to the New Testament fulfillment in Jesus Christ. So much so that Paul says, Isaac wasn't the promised seed, Jesus was. Showing us that it pointed to Christ and his unstoppable kingdom. Hmm. And when Paul had finished saying these words, quoting their own prophets, verse 29, the Jews departed and had a great dispute among themselves. Instead of opening their ears and eyes to the truth, they chose to remain blind and deaf. Even though Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel specifically had prophesied, they still rejected the message and fight, um, fought among themselves. You see, the Pharisees and Sadducees had a religion about God, but no relationship with God. You've heard me say it like this before, they wanted their castle, but not God's kingdom. These religious leaders wanted to make a point. Meanwhile, Jesus was making a difference. Paul goes on to preach. And I'm sure there were other Jews that might have heard, but largely he begins to preach to the Gentiles. And 30 and 31, the last couple of verses detail to us, he spent two more whole years there, his own rented house. He was under house arrest, by the way. 
And what did he do? Verse 31, preaching the kingdom of God, teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him. I want to look at those two phrases just real quick here. With all confidence means freely, with bold resolve, leaving a witness that something deserves to be taken seriously. It wasn't something that when he finished preaching, okay, let's go to Runza and, and, and forget about it. It was something to say, you know, I'm going to think on this. I'm going I'm to chew on this. I'm, I'm going I'm to take this to heart. That's what it means. Paul was not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ and had made it plain everywhere he taught and in every epistle he wrote. He spoke the truth in love. He rebuked with all long suffering, and he pointed people to Jesus Christ from every possible scripture and expected them to make a decision. The same should be done from preachers and pulpits today. And you know what? Some in Paul's day and here will choose to obey. Others will choose to reject. But no one and no one, especially in Paul's account here, could say they had not been adequately warned. No one forbidding him. Another phrase here in this final verse means unhindered and unstoppable. Though Paul is in chains, 2 Timothy 2.9, he said, I'm in chains, but the word of God is not bound, or not chained, right? Although he's in chains... The Bible, the Word of God, the power of God is unhindered. It's unstoppable. And the strength of this final phrase in verse 31 reveals that the preaching of the Gospel can never be stopped by anything or by anyone. I don't care. Mr. or Mrs. Senator or Representative or Prime Minister or whatever. You cannot legislate God out of society. I don't care how big your military is. You cannot force God militantly out of your society. I don't care how many doctorate degrees you have. You cannot educate God out of society. Atheism and communism and Islamism and socialism and any other and every ism can never stop the kingdom of God. You know what's interesting to me? (laughs) This was prophesied in the book of Acts. Look at chapter 5 and verse number 39. A man by the name of Gamaliel, he says, But if it is of God, and it is, you cannot overthrow it, lest even you be found to be fighting against God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, it reminds me of Psalm 2. Psalm 2 opens with how, you know, why the nations rage and the heathen rage and all this and they, they try to cause a ruckus and they, they try to stop what's happening. In verse 6 it says, Yet I have set my king, present or past tense. The very thing they're raging against and trying to stop is already done. It's the same today. The very thing that, that governments and people, entities and businesses are trying to stop and censor, it's, it's already done. It's already completed. You can't stop it. Mm. it's an unstoppable kingdom you know it's interesting to me that the book of acts ends the way it does there's no amen which in in loose terms in english would be like the end a lot of epistles end with you know amen a lot of books end like that the book of acts ends with by the way the kingdom is unstoppable and that's how it ends. And a lot of people have said, you know, that, that we, quote unquote, if you will, are the 29th chapter of the book of Acts, so to speak. It's because the kingdom is still going and growing. Oh, hallelujah. You know, I, I, I don't even know some of the nations because, because they're, they're so kept secret but there are people there who are legitimately seeing god do things and i know that sounds well it's, it, it sounds vague but it has to be because if those nations were announced uh, and those persons were announced who were there uh, they would be hunted and killed immediately uh, but there are people in nations where you know this type of regime is, is in in control and yet people are being baptized in jesus name and filled with the holy ghost and healed and delivered 
not in the, in the twos and threes, but in the thousands. It's happening. You can't stop it. Uh, I heard the other day and, uh, that one of our young men is bringing his Bible to school. His dad told him that, you know, pastor and bishop had a, had a prayer and Bible study group going on in school. And he goes, I want to start one. Good. Somebody told me the other day on their job, somebody started talking about Jesus in the break room. Let me tell you something. I don't care what a policy may say at a, at a job somewhere. I don't care what an educational system says. You can't stop the kingdom. <laughs> Woo! But not only that, it's unshakable. <laughs> in Hebrews chapter 12, he talks about everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken, beginning at verse 25 and kind of going on through. And then watch what he says here. Uh, he says in verse 27, Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Verse 28, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. That's why the song tonight said God is in control and we will never be shaken. Hear me, the earth is going to totter and teeter and the earth is going to be shaken. But the born again believer is going to stand firm because the kingdom of God is unstoppable and unshakable. Hallelujah. The heavens are going to shake and quake. The earth is going to shake and quake. People that, are, that have rejected God are going to shake and quake. Amen. But you and I and those in the kingdom are unstoppable and unshakable. Yes, there will be persecution. Yes, there will be tribulation. But yes, there will be those who are alive and remain at the coming of the Lord Jesus. And they will be caught up with those who are the dead in Christ who have risen first. Hallelujah. And a part of that eternal kingdom. You know, the Bible does prophesy that many will fall away. It's one of the saddest verses, I think, in Scripture. However, did you know Daniel 10 also prophesies that many will be purified, made white, and refined? And, and I hesitate and, and even maybe hate to, to draw this comparison, but it's almost as if while some are going out one door, others are coming in the other door. And, and maybe that's how it's going to be. There will be a falling away, but there will also be many who are being made white and purified. Let me tell you, I don't want to be a part of the number that falls away. I want to have a love for truth. And a love of truth. Hallelujah. You know, throughout Scripture, there's, there's basically two banners that fly over the church. Love and truth. And you can't have one without the other. And if you have only one and not the other, it's impotent, it's weak, and it's unbiblical. You need both. That's why the Bible says speak the truth in love. And by the way, that's talking about a marriage there. You say, well, what's that got to do with us? Because the marriage is like Christ in the church. When you're born again, you become a part of the unstoppable and unshakable kingdom of God. However, too many stop with their Acts 2.38 experience and sit on Pentecostal pews waiting for Jesus to come back. That's not what God intended for the church. I remember some of you men were helping and we tore the old shed down and we built the new one and we were putting all the stuff in there and we, start, we were loading up. How many remember all them bricks? A ton of them, right? My Lord. We started loading up them bricks and some of them were stacking them in my truck and, oh, we don't want to you know, mess your new truck up. And I said, well, that's why I got a spray-in liner and that's why I got a truck. I want to use it. You see, some people in the kingdom of God, they, they, they want to have the truck, but they want to leave it parked in the garage and pristine and never drive it and, you know, just shine it every day. And it's like, why? Why'd you get a truck then? Right? <laughs> exactly. Right? Use it. Well, I, I don't want to just sit around and say, I have the Holy Ghost. Well, good. You do anything with it? 
You're letting it lead you and guide you into all truth. You're studying the Bible. You're sharing with co-workers and so forth. Amen. It's an unstoppable kingdom. I might as well get in tow with it. Right? This river that Ezekiel saw in that fourth measurement was waters to swim in. I don't want to stay back in ankle, knee, or waist-deep water. I want to get out there in the swimmable waters of the unstoppable kingdom, y'all. Entering the kingdom and operating the kingdom are two different things. The fifth book of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and it's Acts, right? It's not the good intentions. It's the Acts. Some books say the Acts of the Apostles. Some say the Acts of the Church. Some say the Acts of the Spirit. You know, it's Acts. It's action. It's not the church saying, okay, let's appoint a committee and vote on it. <laughs> you see, God did not save us to survive. He saved us so we would thrive. Yeah. See, I, I, I'm not a survivalist. I'm a revivalist. Hallelujah. Pastor Danny, you were preaching on Sunday. and You were sharing your heart and your own burden and conviction about prayer and, and the, the scriptures throughout the book of Acts that detail how they prayed. And begin to think about down through history, my own personal history, the great things of God that I've seen, how they were born and birthed. They were birthed in prayer. I begin to remember about my own mom who would pray. Many times I'd come home from school and she'd be in her bedroom praying. Remember the stories of grandpa going out to the barn and praying. Grandma getting up early in the morning and praying before the sun comes up. Amen. There's something powerful about getting into the Holy of Holies in prayer. And whether you pray in the early morning or whether you pray late at night, whether you pray in the wee hours, 3 a.m., whether you pray at 3 in the afternoon, pray. Pray. Today I was dealing with a situation. I felt God just, I don't know what to do except pray. I'm thankful this is a house of prayer. I prayed. And you know what God did? He gave an answer. And he confirmed it. In fact, this whole day has been a, a day of confirmation. There's two or three confirmations regarding that. And I get here tonight and the praise team's singing that and Sam's preaching that. I'm thinking, wow, okay, this is really cool. God is awesome. Every day. I know many of you face situations had questions, had things come up, and you've come to pray, or you've prayed at home, or whatever, and, and it's made a difference. I know the ladies are doing it once or twice a month prayer, the men are doing every other Monday prayer, amen, those are making a difference. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. By the way, that's a prophecy too, that it's not just the Jews. And Danny, you mentioned this. It, it, it's a house of prayer. It's not just the church house. It's the temple, me. Being able to pray. Hallelujah. According to my time, it's 751. I know the praise team, 752 now, I know the praise team comes up, but I wonder if we could just end this service taking some time to pray. You want to kneel? You want to stand? I'll watch the clock. If it gets a little out of hand, so be it. The praise team can practice downstairs. We have instruments down there. But I wonder if we could just say, God, as we wrap up this month on the book of Acts, 
It started in the upper room in a prayer meeting. It ended with the kingdom being preached and and prayer all the way through. God, I want to pray. So I wonder if you could just join me right now and take some time. Some of you are already kneeling. Some of you are already beginning to move. Come on. If you're watching online, would you just take a moment? Amen. Take four, five, six minutes and let's just pray. God, we need you. We hunger for your holiness. We hunger for your righteousness. We hunger, oh Lord, for your spirit. We hunger for your truth, God. We hunger, oh Lord, for you, God. We hunger for you, Jesus, in this place. We need you, oh God. We need your spirit, Lord. We need your grace, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 God, I hunger for holiness, Jesus. I hunger for your righteousness, Lord. Lord, make me more like you. God, I pray you would pour out your spirit in this place. I pray, God, that you would bring us to a place of of conviction, but also conversion. I pray, oh God, that we would be in tune with your Holy Spirit. Lord, that we would be in tune uh, with your presence. uh, That God, whether it's uh, in the afternoon, uh, the wee hours of the morning, that you would call us to prayer and we would be obedient. Uh, Oh Lord, I pray that the prayers of the saints uh, would go up uh, from this church tonight, from this place tonight, and those watching online. And God, that you would hear our prayers, uh, that you would heal our land, that you would forgive our sin oh god i pray you would convict us uh, to turn from wicked ways god to be more like you lord uh, as this world uh, as as corporations uh, hunger for the next big thing in the stock market and and the next big thing uh, god as teams uh, uh, hunger lord for the next win and championship let us have a greater desire for the righteousness and the holiness and the power and the glory and the love of god oh lord set us on fire consume us with holy fire oh god we hunger for your holiness lord we hunger for your righteousness god we thirst lord for your word oh god we thirst oh god for your name hallelujah 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 as the deer pants after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after you. Oh God, I must have you. I must be close to you. I must know you. Jesus, we hunger for truth we hunger for your word we hunger for your name lord let your glory fall let your power fall oh god do a work do a work oh god in this place hallelujah in our lives in our hearts jesus do a work oh god Jesus, let our souls cry out to you. Let our souls say yes to your will and yes to your way. Oh God, consume us convict us lord work in us jesus accomplish your plan accomplish your purpose hunger for holiness god oh jesus Jesus, let a sense of urgency grip the church to a greater reality of prayer, to a greater sense of prayer. Hallelujah.
Oh, God. Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So, Kobe, Bebe, Bashondo, Rododia, and the Lolobosi. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. So Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. There's been an old song that Carmen sang years ago. He passed away here last week. That's been in my heart. It just simply says, Lord, I hunger for holiness. Mm. And I thirst for the righteousness that's yours that my mind would be cleansed and my spirit be renewed and this temple that you dwell in would be pure I wonder if we could just all across this room tonight and online, would you lift your hands and would you let that be your prayer? God, I hunger for you. I thirst for you. Oh God, let revival start in my heart. Let it start in my life, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, you are great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Thank you for responding to the presence of the Lord. Thank you for being a praying church. Thank you for being a worshiping church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wonder if we could just take this with us. Take it to our homes, apartments, wherever you might live. Take it all over the Omaha Metro and live it. Be it. Take it to Norfolk. Take it to Blair. Take it everywhere we go. Take it to Iowa. Jesus' name. God bless you.